We, we broke up. Tea time ASMR with Abby and Elijah Tanner. It's not what we're here for. Because my throat hurts. <laughs> but yet we're going to talk for an hour anyway. You know what? My throat, unfortunately, has hurt all week. But that's just because my immune system has crumbled since I turned 25. And if I do any amount of like traveling or the weather changes or worse, both, I'm done for. You're old. I'm so old. But we just got back from Elijah's brother's wedding in Illinois. That's why we took a week off. It's true. It was great. He got married. He did it. And it's it was, crazy. I guess it was worth not having a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. And here today, we're going to talk about Elijah's favorite thing. Which is... Jesus Christ. Oh. Come on. <laughs> we are going to talk about the Enneagram. And why are we going to talk about the Enneagram? Do you say Enneagram or Enneagram? Enneagram. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I've heard both ways, but I feel like the instructors that I've listened to say Enneagram. The instructors. Um, wait, what did you ask me before I interrupted you? I said, and why are we going to talk about the Enneagram? Because we broke up. Hmm. Well, ultimately Elijah, because we, we just talked about not slamming our tea mugs into the table. If you'd like to leave a complaint about my tea mug, please leave a comment. We're going to talk about it because it has helped us. Wait, are you, are you looking for a serious answer? Yeah. Oh. It has helped us with our relationship in general and with our individual selves. Yeah. A lot. The Enneagram has helped, I guess you could say, mediate conflict between us. Yeah, oh, and that's ways. what we're going to talk about a little bit, sorry, is mm. we we had a fight this week, which is super convenient for the podcast. Yeah. And so we're going to... It wasn't staged, though. We'll briefly <laughs> talk about the Enneagram in general. Uh, Enneagram. You can say whatever. Enneagram sounds like a disease to me. Enneagram <laughs> sounds like something nice. Um, we'll talk about it in general. We'll talk about our numbers and how they relate to each other. And then we'll analyze what happened in this fight through the lens of the Enneagram. Oh my God, Enneagram. Mm -hmm. You can't change an old dog. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's what they say. So with that said, I'm going to just read some short descriptions because we know that not all of you know what the Enneagram is. And even if you do, you may not know much about ones and fours, which is our numbers. Which we're trusting you, world, with our numbers, which is very vulnerable. It is. But so also, don't judge us. we don't get to see your reactions, so. Will you matter. also just give a quick one sentence, two sentences on what Enneagram is for people who yeah. don't know? I'm sure the people who are listening to this know because it's Baylor people mostly. Yeah. For those who do not know, the Enneagram is. Well, I like to explain it this way. The Enneagram uses the tools of a personality typing test, but in, in its effect, in its function, the Enneagram is something of a spiritual discipline or practice. Um, the point of the Enneagram is to talk about personality with the intent of going deeper into motivations um, and teaching you the ways in which you forget, stray from, or neglect God's love in your own in your life. Um, so the, the ways that we do not remember that we are loved by God and made to love God is what the Enneagram believes shapes personality. So we kind of put on those masks or those false selves in order to um, make up for the fact that we don't always act as if we are people loved by God. We love a good one to two sentence answer. Yeah, that was, yeah, that, was a little... <laughs> that was really well said. Sorry, I just had to roast you for. So that's how I think of the Enneagram. That's what it is. It has nine personality types, each of them based in some core, um, what would you call it? Passion is one word for it, or sin is another word for it. Basically, just some core motivational aspect that affects the way that you behave and react to the world around you. 
Yeah, and people misuse it. People joke about it. So some people, like, don't like it. Whatever. We don't care. We like it. We're going to talk about it. We're not going to go into all the ways that, like, the depths of what it all, like, is supposed to mean and isn't supposed to mean. If you like the Enneagram, there's plenty of books and podcasts that you can listen to that are not this one. And if you don't like it, you're probably not understanding it well. Wow, freaking roasted. (laughs) Okay, let's go. Let's read about us because that's what this is about. So of the nine personality types, they all go by numbers, and I'm a one, and Abby is a four. So I'm going to read real fast. (laughs) And so I'm going to, out of nine. So I'm going to read real fast descriptions of um, healthy, average, and unhealthy ones and fours. So that's three different descriptions. There's kind of always a spectrum of unhealthy to healthy with any number, with anybody's personality. And so we're going to move through those three Um, descriptions, healthy, average, and unhealthy. Got it. So starting with ones. Healthy ones are committed to a life of service and integrity. They are balanced and responsible and able to forgive themselves and others for being imperfect. They are principled but patient with the processes that slowly but surely make the world a better place. I forgot to mention I'm reading from the book The Road Back to You Mm -hmm. by uh, Suzanne Stemule and Ian Morgan Cron. Take Stemiel? a look at it. Yeah. Stabile, Stabile. sorry. David Stabile is someone else. Yeah. Uh, Stabile. Suzanne Stabile. Anyway. Uh, average ones. Average ones have judging and comparing minds that naturally spot errors and imperfections. They struggle to accept that imperfection is inevitable while fearing the tyranny of that critical voice in their head. I just want to toss out there really fast that when you messed up her name, you immediately started blushing. And that's so freaking funny that that happened while you're reading about imperfection and not being able to handle it. Yeah, I'm imperfect. Thanks. You're definitely average. (laughs) (laughs) Unhealthy ones fixate on small imperfections. Mm -hmm. (laughs) These ones are obsessed with micromanaging what they can. Asserting control over something or someone is their only relief. Can't That's wait one. to get into that about our fight. Mm-hmm. That's ones. Here's a description of fours. It's a lot longer for some reason. Huh. Oh. You <laughs> could just, I don't know, um, skim it. Wait, you can't skim out loud. Well, the description of a healthy four doesn't apply to you, so I'll just skip that part. Oh. <laughs> Can you I'm say what the four is? Like the name of it? Yes. So the name that um, is in this book for the four is the romantic. The individualist is another name, though. Yeah, I feel like the individualist is a little more... Um, I think some people that are fours hear romantic and they're like, ew. Yeah, it's less... It has Individualist has less con- connotations. Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to read this fast. Healthy oh. fours have a considerable emotional range and they manage it by not speaking or acting on every feeling they have. They know they don't have to be special to win God's unconditional love. These fours have found a way to live... For the most part, outside the pattern of shame and inferiority, they are deeply creative, emotionally honest, and connected, and attuned to beauty. Average fours struggle daily with learning to accept themselves as they are. Such efforts are complicated as they seek their identity by exaggerating their uniqueness. These fours are coy. They want you to want them, but they play hard to get. Their melancholy often goes unchecked, causing painful distance between themselves and others. Average fours are moody, melodramatic, needy, and self-pitying. Unhealthy fours tend to be manipulative, playing the role of victim in order to create or maintain relationships. They find themselves lacking when compared to others, which only exacerbates their self-debasement. These fours feel so much shame they are unable to connect to the very part of themselves that believes they can change and be better. So they're very different Numbers. So different. <laughs> also, could you really quick, if you're bored, don't, just stay tuned, tuned. because <laughs> I just want to talk about, which we don't even have to use, like, <clears throat> the book, but the core, like, sin or whatever it's called. Yeah. So for, so for each number, there's a core passion or sin, whatever you want to call it, that kind of defines... The, the the numbers motivations which cr- creates their personality. I know, I know. 
Um, but I just wanted to say a reminder. Um, but so for ones that, that is anger, but it's, I mean, it might be better stated as resentment because for ones that kind of feeling of imperfection comes from this voice in their head, which is constantly pointing out the things that they do wrong. And because of that voice in their head, they feel like when they see people breaking the rules in the world, they think to themselves, well, I can never get away with breaking the rules because that inner critic starts to criticize me and I feel awful. So why does everyone else get to get away with it? And so it turns into this kind of smoldering resentment towards others and towards um, people around them. Um, The fours uh, sin or passion is envy. Um, And it's not in the sense of like um, being jealous of other people's stuff necessarily, but fours have kind of this constant sense that something is missing in their life that other people have in their life. I think this is a lot easier to understand given the state of social media as is. Um, If you can picture the feeling that you get when you start to scroll through some random Instagram model's life where you just see constant blue water. You act like you know anybody who does this. I... You're it's like, just a good example. Like, here's, a, here's a good example for the teens. It's you just don't know a good anybody example. Anybody freaking does that or has ever talked to you about it, do you? Sure, I do. I'm sure. <clears throat> well, it's funny. I don't know that I've like, had this exact conversation, but I, I don't like consciously struggle with like social media jealousy. I struggle with like scrolling through, being like, I just hate you because you're annoying. No offense, everyone I follow. <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm just like, you're being fake. And that, that also comes from being a four though, is like, I hate when I feel like something is not genuine mm-hmm. and nothing on social media is genuine. Like I could scroll through my own Instagram and be like, I hate you. You're annoying. <laughs> yeah. So that's a, that's a pretty classic four feeling, but I'm, I'm not saying for all fours do this. I'm just saying that's a feeling comparable to what the fours feel all the time. It's, it's I feel just like that's that, very unfair to say. Explain. Say more. I just said I don't struggle with that. And so to say fours constantly feel this feeling of like, oh my gosh, I wish I was at a beach. That's just not how it is. That's not at all what the feeling is. Okay, that's fair. Maybe or like, oh my example. gosh, I wish I was... That's very materialistic. Like Yeah, fours don't... So the, dis- the description that the book is, isn't that fours wish they could be like, have a life like everyone else? Yeah, because they want to be unique. Yeah, exactly. The, the feeling is more of like when you see that and you think... Why is my life not like that? So fours take that feeling of something must be missing from my life and they kind of build an identity around that. And so they, they kind of stereotypically can be the people that are the most uh, like eccentric um, people that just go way out of their way to wear unique clothes, to do unique things, just to prove that they, they, they have an identity. They have a, something that is unique. You're being very negative about us. I I just pretty much gave the most negative description I could about ones, so it's only fair. Fine. The, like I said, the Enneagram is built around ways that we forget that God loves us, so... I guess that's true. Um, and I, I have some questions for you. Yeah, go ahead. Before we dive into our recent fight. Um... You might want to leave that open. Okay. Where do you feel like you are in general out of healthy, unhealthy, and average? Like, I know you go probably, you know, like a week in one and a week in, no- in another and nobody's like healthy all the time or whatever. Mm-hmm. But where do you feel like you are in general right now? Right now? In life? Um, I would say I'm on the... If you pop your on ankles this whole time again. I have no again, control over that. Just don't move your ankles. I We're sitting. not move. All right. You can answer the question. I feel like I'm on the lower end of, of average right now. Like a D? Uh, that's, that's a solid fail. Like a, like a C. D is failing? Yeah. D is like 60. Not in high school. Oh, is it? I don't remember. I don't either. Maybe that's just my one coming out <laughs> that I just always so told C myself. Minus? Yeah, like a C minus though. So it's all like 73. Why? Just right now. 
because uh, of what we, well, I guess I have to explain what we've been talking about. Spring break does stuff to me. I start to feel. Oh, I meant like, okay. I mean, that's fine too, but I meant like bigger time in 2019. Yeah. Oh, in 2019. Because if you, if you ask someone for how they feel that week, it's always going to be different. Yeah. Um, okay. 2019 in general, I would probably say a solid B, like 80 to 82 range out of a hundred. I understand the scale. <laughs> I, and I would explain that because I have felt a little bit like I'm drifting at this point. I felt like, I feel like there's less room to grow in my job. I've been doing this for five years now. No, and you haven't been a chaplain for five years. I haven't been a chaplain, but I've been working with residents for five years. And... I've been a chaplain for two and it just, it just kind of feels like I'm at somewhat of a stagnant point and maybe there are some breakthroughs getting ready to happen, but they just haven't quite happened or at least haven't taken effect yet. So what you're saying is, is for you to feel like you're at your healthiest, you have to be growing at a certain rate in your like career field of life. Were you done answering the question? Um... Yeah, yeah. I, Elijah is fair. processing. I was done. That's but, interesting yeah. that you say that because the first thing you responded with was, I feel this way because like, the career aspect of my life is this way. I would have answered the question based off of how I felt in our relationship, in my relationships with other people, including yeah. myself. Yeah. Which is very one and very four. Well, that's not, I sound more like a three there, but... Oh my God, shut up about the... You think you're a three sometimes. I, th- <laughs> I, I just attach... So, there, I mean, there's two things. Like, one is that my job is so relationship-based. That's true. Okay, and so fair. it's hard to separate from my relationships. And then the other part is that I attach so much with the idea of vocation and my relationship to God to my career. Um, and that's that's not like... That's not to say that I feel like if you're not doing well in your career, you're like not following God well or something like that. I have just, I know that I'm in a privileged enough space to where I feel like I can just allow my faith in God to entirely shape my career. And so that is something that I've tried to do is just figure out which career path most expresses or best expresses my, the gifts that God has given me. So I, I just attach a lot of my relationship to God, my relationship with people, to my career as well. And that's unhealthy in some ways, but... I mean, it's okay. That's it why it affects me. It shouldn't be the only thing, but... Yeah. Unless you're single. Yeah. Like, hello. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I mean... Would you like to I hear could, the rest of my questions? Yeah, sure. I, I, one more thing, though. I just feel like I could say something similar about our relationship too, just in, in the sense that like we're, st- we're still just kind of good. Like we're, there's no big changes coming in our lives. So our relationship has been, I mean, it's been really comfortable mm-hmm. and it's, it's been, um, at first it was new because we were living together, but at this point it's just kind of like, well, yeah, we, we know what we're doing. We know generally what's going to happen next, at least in our relationship. And, but we're not... We're having a baby! (laughs) No. Yes. We're getting a house first. Oh. But there's just not much to... There's no, like, big decisions to make. Oh, my God. No big changes to make in our relationship. So so. sorry, but what if we announced our pregnancy on the podcast and we just didn't tell anyone and then we would know who our true fans are because they would be like, holy crap, you're pregnant. (laughs) And then, like, our parents wouldn't know because they're, like, behind. And we'd be like, you... It's your fault. Let me clarify. You listened. You said, what if we announced our pregnancy? Abby's not pregnant. You meant, what if we announced our pregnancy when we got pregnant? Yeah. On the podcast. No comment. I like to maintain a mysterious <laughs> level of I don't know if I'm pregnant Secrecy. or not. <laughs> anyway. Um, I think a lot of what you just said about our relationship 
we could discuss about our fight, but I have a few more questions leading. Well, I don't, maybe we should just talk about our fight. Let's just talk about it. Um, Because I think I'll, I think you'll answer these questions within that conversation. Okay. I got to say one more thing though about. Oh my God. About me. I feel like I'm talking about myself a lot. Yeah. No offense you are. Don't listen to this one back. Otherwise you'll be mortified. I'll say this one quick then. Um, I, so because of my parents' divorces, my parents have been through three divorces total, um, with different people each time because of those intense conflicts in my life, my approach to conflicts in our relationship will actually probably sound more like a nines approach to conflict and nines often can seem to look like, or ones can often seem to look like nines because they're very close on the Enneagram. That's a whole nother thing to explain. But basically, I kind of dip into my nine wing whenever I deal with conflict in our relationship just because of my background and my history. So you might hear a lot of that language coming out. Nines are conflict avoidant peacemaker people. So, What do I do when I'm in a fight? Go into my four wing? Enneagram speech? Speech? You like you want me to tell you what you do in Enneagram terms? Yeah, let's let's actually read wait, did we pull up like fours in stress and ones in stress? Um I can I can talk about that if you want me to. Let's let's talk about what the fight was. Let's just lay out the facts and then let's look at what do fours do in stress? What do ones do in stress? Because don't fours go to one in stress? And ones and, go to and four. And ones go to four in stress. Guys, yeah. um, this is crazy. Like, it's so <laughs> weird and interesting. And it makes so much sense. And it's so true for us. And mm-hmm. literally every time we fight, I'm like, he is acting like me. And it's so annoying. Oh. Is that not true? Yeah, it's not true. That's been a source of confusion for a long time then. Fours actually go to two in what? stress. What? I don't believe it. Yeah. <coughs> okay, well, I'll just start talking about the fight. You can read that to yourself quietly yeah. and find the important parts. Oh, that's right, because they get a one in security. I actually did know that. Oh, I yeah, because it. sometimes... Wait, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretend that what we just said, we <laughs> don't agree with wholeheartedly, but... <laughs> Everyone's like, the Enneagram is so stupid. Stop <laughs> popping your ankles! I literally can't stop it. Don't move them! Do not move them. Okay. Keep going. Um, yes, because sometimes when you are upset with me, but I am not upset, I start to act like you, and you start to act like me. And I'm like, he is acting very dramatic and annoying right now. Because I'm acting like how you normally act, because I'm like trying to balance the situation by like keeping my head on my shoulders because if we were both acting like me we would like we wouldn't have made it Mm -hmm. anyways okay this week we start getting in a fight i don't even freaking remember the first part of it first part of it was what when i brought it up it what's it um and i first of all we were having a great time we were like at Pinewood, it was amazing weather. I was feeling really, really good because after this wedding we went to, his brother's wedding, like I feel like me and Elijah were so in sync and I was kind of worried that we wouldn't be in sync just because the travel that it took to get there was like a little out of our comfort zone kind of. Like we rented a car for the first time and just stuff like that. But everything went totally smooth. Well, kind of. It, it didn't go perfectly, but it worked out. And I was like, we like kind of got like annoyed at each other at the very beginning of the trip before we even got there. But it was just because we had to wake up so early. But then like the rest of the trip was so great. Elijah was like so sweet to me and was like really attentive and like took good care of me. And I don't know, I was just really feeling him. And then we get back from... I didn't even realize I was doing anything different. (laughs) That's so upsetting. To hear you say. Anyways, so we get back. I'm like, I don't regret marrying him. (laughs) And it's like Wednesday and like everything is totally different because Elijah is on spring break and I don't have spring break because I'm not a student. So I'm just still working from home, which, okay, this happens every single time 
we go on a, Elijah goes on a school break or he goes on summer break. And for some reason, Elijah has a hard time like attributing what happens to the fact that he's on break and he's home all the time. And he's off of his routine to like mm-hmm. why things are weird between us. Cause I'm doing the exact same thing that I was doing, mm-hmm. but Elijah is like, he doesn't have the structure that he loves and needs and his brain just starts to crumble. Like mm-hmm. you love structure. You love being busy, even though it stresses you out. You love like having to go get breakfast in the morning with somebody and so-and-so over break. You roll out of bed at like 10 AM take forever to make breakfast. Simon's like crying at the door because he usually goes out at like 8 a.m. And you're like, just a minute. And I'm like, who is this monster? So anyways, it's like Wednesday of spring break. We go on this like super cute date. I'm really like loving the date. And then Elijah hits me with this out of nowhere. What'd you say? Uh, I've been trying to remember this whole time. I still you basically remember. said... I, I said I've been feeling disconnected because... I've been feeling disconnected from you. So I'm like... Okay, if he's feeling disconnected right now, how must he feel all the times where, in my mind, everything's, like, not Actually, it is perfect? Bad. Yeah. I didn't realize that's how she felt. I felt like the wedding was in the past. And I was like, it's already been a while since then, so feelings could change by now. And and I felt, I felt like they had... I'm not even sure... I can't remember what I said. Like, I just... Told you that I had felt disconnected lately for some reason. Can you remember why? No. This well, is this so is... dumb. Anyway. All our, that's, that's the part that I remember because that's the part where I was like really upset. Because before that, you were just like being annoying. And you were just like, oh, you said like our lives would be better and our relationship would be better if you didn't work from home. Yeah, that was a ways into the fight though. I thought that was at the beginning. No, that was when we were already in the car. No, you said that at the at Pinewood. Because I was like, dude, you only feel that way because you've been home for three straight days. Like, you've never said something like that to me before. Yeah, I just started to feel... I started to feel like when I was in the house... I was like constrained and restricted because she was working the whole time and I couldn't bother her while she was working. And you were talking about, sorry, before I forget, the fact that like, because I work from home, I kind of demand that he doesn't treat me like I'm home because if I were in an office environment, obviously he wouldn't just have access to be like, hey, did you check the mail? Like, I, I do not welcome those like interjections. I shut them down. But whenever, like, I catch a break in my workflow, sometimes I'll go to Elijah and be like, hey, did you check the mail? So it's very, like, a one-sided, like, it's like I'm on the other side of a two-way mirror. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm in control and you're not in control. And you're, like, expressing that that frustrated you. Yeah, and it, I, yeah, that, and just the fact that it felt like a lot of our interactions over the past three days had only been small criticisms. Ooh, and this is some good Enneagram, yeah, Enneagram thing. Because, and, and the reason for that was, was basically that I was home while you were working, and then I would go play board games in the evenings mm-hmm. with my friends. Mm-hmm. And so the only time that we were around together, together is like when you were in this mood of, I have a lot to do, I'm stressed, and I need nobody to talk to me, so I just need to tell Elijah what needs fixing. Yeah. And then expect him to do that. Well, and I had a few things that I wanted you to get done over spring break because you didn't have any mm-hmm. plans. So I was like, great, you could call the groomer and make... <coughs> <clears throat> Sorry. Make a groomer appointment. You can run these errands, whatever. But the, it wasn't a lot of stuff. It was, like, enough stuff to occupy, like, maybe three hours total. Yeah, I did it Yeah, Elijah Monday. is, like, on Monday, you're, like getting mad at me for asking you for like when you plan to do these things because you're like I have homework to do too and then you go play board games for four hours I yeah I think what I should have said wasn't I have homework to do too I think what I should have said was I've at at least if I had known more about how I was feeling and stuff I would have said I feel like all these chores 
are stuff that you would normally be impressed if I did because I'm so busy. And so over spring break, like I still consider spring break a necessary break from my school activities because my school activities consume so much of my time that this is like an earned break. So it's like, I expect this break to be almost entirely me just enjoying myself, relaxing. No offense, but welcome to adult world. (laughs) What do we do on the weekends when we're off? Get our oil changed. Like... That's the only time you have to get your real life stuff done. And that's what being an adult is about. It, you don't ever have like a, I'm on full break mode unless you literally get on a plane to Mexico and turn your phone off. Okay. Well, I, I still expected to be like rewarded or praised equal to how I would during the school year whenever I did the tasks that you wanted me to do. You want me to reward your laziness? No, I'm saying when I did this, when I, when I did the activities, like I expected just as much praise as you would normally give me if I did them on a busy school week. So that's something else. Elijah has to have a ton of like gratitude and praise expressed to him when he does the bare minimum. Cause I don't give it to myself. <laughs> Cause he doesn't give it to himself. That's true. And that's why, oh my God, if you pop your ankle one more time, I'm going to end the podcast in your life. <laughs> told you once, I've told you twice. I can't control Don't move it. them. Oh my God. I can't I'm so move. tired of this conversation. <laughs> We're going to have another fight right here and you just get to watch it. I am not in a good Listen mood. We could it. fight. Um, so yeah, that's what sucks too is if you, if you want to like adjust the way that Elijah does something, you have to know that you're about to take a wrecking ball to his mental state. Yeah. If you're like, hey, could you just like leave your shoes in this room instead of the other one? He spends the next hour feeling like he's the worst person in the world. But okay, I am not good at being sensitive to that at all. And that's an area where our relationship just freaking tanks. Yeah. Because le- I'm not sensitive. I'm just like, you're a freaking baby. Get over it. Let me clarify that. Because I operate really well with constructive criticism. No. If my... If you my... say that all the time <laughs> to me and it's just not true. It is. No, it's not. You've never seen me around my bosses. Like if my boss tells me, hey, here's an area you can prove. And that's what I want to hear is like. No, you take that and you come home and you're like, man, I just like, just feel kind of weird because like Kristen told me that like, maybe I should have done this. And like, I'm thinking of a specific situation too, where you were like, yeah, I guess I, since I was right there, I should have done something. I just wasn't sure. And I, man, I really just, I'm just like, I have so much regret because I, w- I could have done something mm. when instead I just was... Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But I- And you beat yourself up about it. And we all talked about like what could have been different and you could have done something. But I'm telling you, if I don't have constructive criticism from a supervisor or even fellow employees, then that to me feels like something is wrong. Like I feel like my employees aren't telling me about something that they actually yeah, do. Yeah, but it's feel a catch-22 like because you wrong. feel that way because you're like, surely I'm not perfect. But then you also, if they tell you you're not perfect, you're like, oh my God, why am I not perfect? Mm. Okay, this isn't the Elijah show. Are we going to talk about me? Yeah, let's talk about you. I think what you said a second ago is very accurate that you're very bad at offering sensitive criticism. Thank you. That's <laughs> kind. <laughs> That's true. Um, well, what did you respond with whenever I told you I was feeling disconnected? I started crying. Yeah. Why? Because I'm a four. (laughs) (laughs) Say more. I'm going to say why, actually. Because I just felt so many feelings in that moment. Like, I was just so sad and, like, disappointed and I didn't understand. and And so what? I felt very, like hopeless. So what was your reaction? Like, what did that make you want to do? Um, I had to figure out why, like, I was just like, what the heck? Why does it feel disconnected? But at the same time, it made me just want to like disconnect from you further to show you what real disconnection is. Mm-hmm. And is that true? Like, yes. You didn't say that yesterday. You didn't ask me this yesterday. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I just, it makes me, I don't usually act on that, but I do fantasize about like, I don't know, like, 
like just <clears throat> doing something that I guess I kind of used to do this in our relationship. I would do dramatic shows of like I don't know, just my anger and my like hurt. And I'd be like, well, I'll show him. I won't text him for three days, you know. Now that we're married, it's like, okay, can't. You can't just freaking, like, leave him. That's not okay. Yeah. And so that's why I was like, okay, we need a break. Like, I'm going to take a shower. You went for a walk. Because that was my, like, rebellion. It was just like, we need a break. Not like a break in our relationship, but like... I mean, we had come to something of a resolution by that point. No, we did not. I didn't feel like we had come to a resolution until like today. It's Friday. (laughs) I mean, we definitely came to a resolution last night. If you pop your ankle again... We came to something of a resolution last night. No, I just kind of was like... The resolution in my mind was like, this is because of spring break... If he chooses to acknowledge that, that's fine. If he chooses to feel like we're disconnected, there's nothing I can do about that. Other than, like, choose not to intentionally disconnect from him. Like, Mm -hmm. I was still dealing with my own, like, hurt from it. So I wasn't going to be, like, super sweet to you and, like, over-the-top sweet to you. But I was going to be good to you, you know, like... Yeah. And, like, try to establish a connection. I just wasn't going to, like surprise you with something nice you know I was like he doesn't freaking deserve that (laughs) so since we're talking about the Enneagram the classic for response in like situations of conflict or stress is to feel extremely misunderstood um and to blame to kind of blame conflict on this idea that that they're misunderstood that like other people don't get them and just to feel like Nobody can empathize with me, so I'm just going to sit in my melancholy and be unfixable and have these kind of crazy emotions and not even really try to communicate them because nobody will understand it anyway. I think that's what I was saying, like, with the whole, like, I'll I'll really show you disconnection. Okay. Because it's like, I feel like this is pro. tell me if this is like a four yeah, characteristic... I- I'm not saying you have to feel that way. I'm just trying to figure out how you felt. I did. I mean, every every single time anyone reads anything about the four, I feel the exact same thing. Like, <laughs> when I read the four description for the first time, I was, like, crying. I was like, oh, my God, this is so spot on. Um, but I... What was I going to say? Oh, like, I feel like... I'm not this arrogant, but at my best moments, I feel like me sharing my like world with you like my brain and my interests and my uniqueness if you will is like a privilege for you and so if you take that and you don't understand it it makes me want to take it away okay which is how I did feel as if I don't deserve it or as if or for some other reason okay yeah I don't necessarily feel like, well, he doesn't deserve me in that moment. I usually feel like not good about myself either, but I'm like, at least at the end of the day, I have myself. Yeah. I, so that's, I'm trying to figure out how that relates to this conflict, but I felt like a lot of this dealt with my own like issues dealing with spring break. Oh yeah, we established that, but. That's just why this is a good topic yeah. for a fight because no one has to know about our real fights. <laughs> I, I mean, I think you... At the start of this, of our argument, I thought you handled it really well because your, your, your knee-jerk reaction whenever I said that to you and whenever we started talking to about it was to ask me why I was feeling that way and to, like, ask me about it. And that was actually really helpful that got me further along earlier in the argument than I would have gotten on my own I just feel like this argument went so bad for me though it did it spiraled out for both of us well you were just saying things that are so like hurtful to me 
like I feel disconnected from you. It's like, cool, I feel disconnected from everyone all the time. And I was saying how I felt like you weren't acknowledging me in areas that I cared about. You only like gave me acknowledgement in things that I didn't care as much about. You remember that part? It's I think funny that's that when you started you're like, oh my gosh, you're so critical of me. When this whole like argument was you just being so critical of me. Is that a one in stress? What's a one in stress? Well, yeah. So, I mean, let's just go back to reading the description of one in stress. Unhealthy ones fixate on small imperfections. They're obsessed with micromanaging, no. asserting control over something this or someone. This is just unhealthy one. We already freaking read this. Oh. Well, I, I think that's what's most applicable. Like, the way I was feeling was I had stacked up all these ways that you had not noticed all the work that I'm putting in. So I had all these ways that I was like, oh, I'm fixing myself, I'm doing my projects, I'm becoming a better person by not being this way and this way and this way. And I had all those things in my mind, those rigid like standards in my mind. And you had, I mean, obviously you have no idea about those because those are in my head. Like I make these things up as I go. But I expected you to be giving me praise based on the fact that I was doing those things as well as what you wanted from me. But those standards have... Like, only on my best days do those standards actually have anything to do with what you want from our relationship, you know? They have am nothing I, am I to do sense? with what I want. What it, you want and what I want are completely different things okay, not, all the time. Not always. Yes, all the time. <laughs> no, not always. Let's talk about what we did to resolve this. Yeah. First uh, of all, we did take a little break in the fight because both of us were just too, like, defensive to get anywhere which happens to us a lot so we'll just take a little breather and what I do during the breather is for the first half I fantasize about how I could really show him what I want to show him and then I just realize I'm never going to do that and then I try to start thinking about the things I appreciate about him which is kind of what we ultimately realize needs to happen in general but what did you do while you were out on your walk? Well, before that, I mean, before I went on the walk, I was trying to resolve the situation. This is my nine wing coming up by shutting down how I was feeling and what trying to understand. What did you just say? How. Did I just like black out? Because you just said like one word altogether. <laughs> I said, this is my nine wing coming out. Okay. You need some commas. This is no they're in the wrong spot this is my nine wing coming out no like you said (laughs) and when i went on the walk and this is my nine wing coming out this is (laughs) like where are the commas i so i i started to just kind of shut down my own feelings in order to try to understand what you were feeling and understand your side of the argument which just isn't helpful because you can't because i can't (laughs) because you're too unique (laughs) understand me that's why you just cry in the shower yeah and i'm not too unique you just don't understand what i'm saying like and it just takes until two days later when i explain it again for you to understand it like right now like i said all these things in the moment you're like oh my gosh you should have said that i did say that you just weren't in the place to receive it yeah absolutely but i yeah, what that leads to is me just not being able to say, like, to say what I feel and not expressing what's going on in my head. And that just frustrates you even more because I just, like, don't respond to questions of what are you feeling or do you feel like that answer makes sense or things like that. I just can't respond to them. I don't understand when you start to talk so, like, vaguely right now. I feel like that was pretty specific. Like, I, I can't respond to those questions that you give me. Okay. And that's, so that's what I did, was I just, I just like, shut down and tried to just agree yeah, you did. with that everything so that annoying. you said. Yeah. But that didn't resolve it. So things got more intense, and that's what led to us, ta- like, taking a little break, and I went on a walk, and you took a shower. Do you think that when we're fighting, do you ever think, oh my gosh, she's, she literally is acting like a child, like she looks like a child and she doesn't realize how like dumb she looks? No, not childlike. I, I do think 
Because I literally, like, whenever you're like, okay, I'm, I'm leaving, bye. I'm like, <laughs> okay, eight-year-old Elijah. I, because my... So you said the way, like, when things spiral out of control for you, you feel like I'm just going to, like, take away our connection and kind of hoard my own world just so you can see what it's like not to have that. My, my response is anger. Like, I respond with, well, I'm just going to tell her every freaking thing that she ever does wrong, and she's going to know how horrible of a person she is. So love does keep a record of wrong? <laughs> Most of the time I can't remember them <laughs> because I don't have that good of a memory. But well, thank God for that. That like that's how. That's how my anger comes out in those situations, and so yeah, it does look childish because I want to stomp my feet and just, just be well, like, well, you, you just want to you leave. suck and blah blah blah. Yeah. And and no, and so I have to leave in order to just blow off steam. I mean, I guess that's what you get when you marry a younger man. <laughs> but I I feel. You don't, when we're in arguments, you don't seem childish to me so much as, um... Stubborn? Yeah, actually, that's, that's probably the best word. Extremely stubborn. Like, it just feels to me like it doesn't matter what I say. Nothing's, like, I'm not going to get what I want. And there's going to be no compromise from her. Wow. Harsh words. I'm I'm laying it as as harshly as I can because I'm trying not to hold back at all. That again, like this is me at my worst. Like I'm intentionally describing. And even at even as those thoughts come up, I'm immediately like, okay, that's not true. Obviously, we've compromised plenty in our relationship, but that's just like how my gut responds. So what are we gonna do to prevent this from happening again? Well, I think what we did last night worked really well. Ew, what was it? I you went on a walk. You made that sound weird. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I went on a walk. You took a shower. I think it helped. I don't think we were better. I was 100% better by the time I got back from that walk. I was asleep. No, <laughs> you were on the couch. <laughs> I came in and talked to you, remember? Yeah. But then I, I was asleep. Yeah. But I, you're missing the point of what I'm saying. You obviously just don't remember this part. We, a long time ago, agreed to do this, but we never did it. We realized we really need to try to do it, which is? Keep a list of things that we're grateful for. About each other. About each other, yeah. All right. Here's a bit of honesty. Oh, no. I feel like that is a good thing. Don't go off script. (laughs) I feel like that is a good thing, and I definitely want to do that. But if we're thinking about our arguments, I don't think that's what I need. What do you need? What helped me last night, what made the difference is that as I was walking, I just started venting to God. And I don't, I don't know that I've like actually really, really done this before. Like I've definitely laid out lists of like what I think is wrong to God and been like, it feels like this is the problem. Am I looking at this right? But I've never, I don't know how often... I shouldn't say never, maybe a few times. But I don't know how often I've just literally said, God, this is stupid. Like, something, something's wrong here and it's your fault. <laughs> well, how but that's, is that God's fault? Well, because he's the one that God's brought us together, plan. that brought us to that conversation that, that was, That's you know. so interesting. I literally, unless something like really, really bad and unexplainable happens like a bad accident or like someone in my life gets cancer I like only attribute the good things that happen to me to God and the bad things that happen to me to myself God is always in control so it's I mean it's a difficult balance of like when we get in a fight I'm like oh why was how was I an idiot I did hear you pop your ankle by the way I'm just wanting to acknowledge (laughs) it and well here that's kind of the the point that I was led back to, like, I started talking to God about this and saying, like, you brought us together. You made us the way that we are. Why are, why is this argument not working out? Like, obviously you want our relationship to to reflect your love. So why did you make us this way where we can't communicate? And what it led back to was like, I started to realize. You just hate imperfection. You just hate like inefficiency. You Mm -hmm. hate anything that's not like forwarding. I 
like love that well I don't like love that we fight obviously but I love like the process and I acknowledge that like without a fight there is no growth like if me and you never fought I don't know where the heck we would be we'd be 16 Mm -hmm. and so the fact that you're like oh my god why why is this happening is so like like so foreign to me well that's what I kept feeling myself being pointed back to at that point which was really frustrating at the time because I felt like each time that I was like, God, why are you letting this happen? This is your fault. This is such a like, stupid problem to happen between us. Why can't we fix it? And I just kept being led back to like, do you realize you're growing through this? And do you realize the ways that you're not allowing yourself to grow? Like the ways that you're fighting against actually learning from this? <laughs> You're, Abby is literally mocking me as I your facial lay down right now my out of control. <laughs> Abby's the only person I know that can literally mock someone with facial expressions while they talk about growth in their relationship with God. If you would have a normal face while you said I wouldn't have to do it. Well, anyway. That's, I mean, what you just expressed about how you think about these things is what I kept being led back to as so I was So basically, I'm more involved than you, and I'm smarter. And these circumstances, I think, yeah, in a lot of ways. You're more, I mean, you're com- more comfortable with conflict and tension than I am. That's true. But I'm uncomfortable with the fact that I know everybody else is not as comfortable with it as me. Like, yeah. whenever there's tension or conflict, I know I'm the most comfortable with it, and that makes me uncomfortable. That actually makes a lot of sense. I've never heard you say it that way. I haven't ever said it that way. You've never asked. That's what this podcast is about. (laughs) Why are you... Well... I'm frustrated. But anyway, that I think that kind of conversation with God is what led me to be able, when I got back from that walk to... I forget exactly what I said to you, but I basically said, I'm sorry that I sounded ungrateful. I'm grateful for a lot of things about this week in our relationship, what I've really been feeling is, and I pointed to the fact that I'd only been seeing you during the work day and stuff, stuff like that. Just the, the conflicts that arose from spring break stuff. Thank God spring break is almost over. It is. I'll get my life back. I'll have to cry because my husband feels disconnected from me for no reason. Other than that, he's been too close to me for the past (laughs) five days. But how did, I mean, how did that go for you? Because when I got back and said that, I felt immediately like conflict was better and I just latched onto that feeling. So I didn't, maybe I just didn't realize that you still felt like things were tense until early, like until this morning. Apparently not. Yeah, I didn't feel better at all. Oh, wow. I still feel like I didn't know how you could have possibly felt this kid. Well, usually I can just be like, I usually kind of know why you're feeling the way you're feeling before you do. So Mm -hmm. I knew it was because of spring break. But I think just like the longer we've been married, the more that those phrases really scare me. Like... Hmm. I feel disconnected from you. Like, even though I'm... Like, at this time last year, before that, I could have just, like, written that off and not worried about it. I'm just more, like... I have more worries the older I get, you know? Which I think is normal. Hmm. And so the fact that... You used to say stuff like that to me, and I'd be like, he just doesn't understand what he's feeling. And I wouldn't... I would just, like, let it roll off my shoulders and just be like, he'll figure it out. It's fine. Yeah. But now that we, I don't know, like what you said, like our relationship is like good and comfortable, but then you say something like that, I don't know, I guess I have, I do have like a little bit of a fear that like you would leave me just because of our relationship history. Mm-hmm. So when you say things like that, I'm like, crap. Yeah. Which also has to do with, like, my own self-worth of, like, I believe you would. Which is, like, problematic, too, but this is freaking sad. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I, I wouldn't, but it's... I get that that's feeling is still, like, there. I mean, our history is 
obviously still affects us. I was telling you to speak up because you're like talking. Right. Whenever Elijah gets like really like sad or like the conversation gets sad, Elijah starts talking at like the volume of an animated squirrel. <laughs> I think that's something that I need to work on because it's so hard for me just to, to figure out and tell you how I feel. And so it's just another huge step to actually take into account how you would feel in response to that and then shape my words in terms of what I know I'm not saying. So like, I just said I'm, I feel disconnected because I finally figured out some feeling that was going on. But yeah, you can only place your finger on like general feeling. So you're like disconnected. That's what it is. Yeah. But to me, it's like, holy crap, you feel disconnected. I'm your wife. That is terrifying. Also, like you and I have been like the only people we've seen besides like family in the past like five days. So yeah. if you're feeling disconnected for me, that doesn't make any sense. Like if you said that after, you know, you've been really busy and I've been really busy and we haven't seen each other. I'd be like, oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I just had so much trouble figuring out how I was feeling that I had hadn't even thought yet about like what what you would feel in response to that. I think we both just need to be more grateful in general and more grateful about each other. And I think that that's where like the beauty of where we are in our relationship lies. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be like I mean, it's okay to acknowledge that we're just, like, doing good and we're comfortable and everything's fine, but there's another way to go about that, which is to, like, appreciate, really appreciate, like, everything about this time of life, and I like to call this, this is the calm before the pre-kids storm. Which this podcast doesn't make it sound very calm. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) But, yeah, just what I was saying yesterday about whatever it is that you can do that's like an intentional grateful practice it's probably going to look different than what I do just because I we express things differently yeah but we both need to like actively hold each other accountable and be more grateful and that will just change the way you think I I struggle with that big time which is why I'm like preaching about it because I am so negative in my head most of the time and just like Everything's blah, everything's cliched, like everything's annoying to me. Why do you look like you're about to cry? Because this is just touching. What the freak? (laughs) I'm just kidding. I don't know why I look like I'm about to cry. (laughs) But yeah, that's my two cents on that. Yeah, I think remembering what we're grateful for helps us both to kind of see the ways that the other person like it's notices and expresses yeah love for each other I mean we and especially because we have just like been together off and on for so long I mm. think there's like benefits to that and there's things about that that maybe aren't so great like people who get married after you know knowing each other for a year or two, when they get married, they're truly like in a honeymoon phase of life still, you know? Like Mm -hmm. when me and you had known each other for two years, we were like 18. Mm -hmm. And so the good thing about that is that we know each other really well and we're not usually surprised by anything like in a fight or in times of stress, but we are kind of at the point where like people who have been married for like five or six years are at where it's like, hmm, what's happening? Yeah, it feels like this this whole conversation probably doesn't make it sound this way, nor does our fight last night. But it feels like the benefit of knowing each other for so long is that when we are in fights, I can much better respond. Like, I can, I can actually think now, this is what's going through her head. I can't respond in my normal knee-jerk reaction. Like, I need to respond by actually considering what she's feeling right now. When have you ever applied that? <laughs> The drawback. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna keep moving on. I'm serious. <laughs> um, I. I, like, I here's don't, what I know, but I've never applied it. I'm not saying I apply. That's like saying I have a well. degree in engineering. I've just like never gotten a job. It's like cool. 
No offense, everybody. I mean, you got to know that, like, that's not even something that I could have conceptualized when we were 16 or 18 even. Okay, nobody can. That's yeah. like, that's okay. All right, well, that's all I had to say, so. Get owned. This is over. <laughs> if you like the Enneagram, message us and we'll tell you our sources that we like. And if you hated this episode, that's okay. We this did is too. like this is the weirdest episode. We don't really know what's happening. If you loved it, sorry, none of them are gonna be like this again. Also, we are hoping to slash about to start planning to have guests on our podcast that are uh, from all walks of life and relationship. And we're going to choose, you know, people we know that have, like, unique and interesting stories to share. Because, A, we want to listen to their stories in more detail in this setting. And, B, they're worth you listening to, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are stories that we've either, like, related to or... They're just, like, been, crazy. Like, comforted by or interested in, things like that. So they're at least as good as our story. <laughs> Bonus points if they broke up in their relationships that they fit the title of the podcast, but much like My Favorite Murder, which is not about the podcaster's favorite murders every single time, this podcast is just spreading its wings, you know? Yeah, we're growing. And we're not breaking up unless Elijah feels disconnected. We're still not breaking up. You better freaking not. This is not an opportunity, ladies. (laughs) What? Swoop in on your vulnerability. We need to end this podcast. Okay, bye. Love you. Nope, don't love you. Sorry, say that again. Thanks for listening. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Yeah. P R apostrophe P R E C I A T E. Okay.